How much time do you want for your progress? progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and V.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Good day, good day on this June 28th day, 2023, the day that my oldest sister's fraternal twins were born 32 years ago. Uh, Dr. Hayes, good morning, good morning, good morning. Yes, or good afternoon or whatever time it might be, wherever you might be. Um, just really excited about what this next half of 2023 might bring because this first six months has been real crazy. I mean, we haven't talked about the submersible uh, thing that went down to see a shipwreck. I, I just don't understand that. God bless their curiosity souls. And, um, but I find it amazing that we didn't send as much help to find the, the bodies of those migrating and their boat capsized off of the shores of Greece. Um, then the world was looking after these five folks and the world, and I'm saying the world, the USA launched an all outright, uh, militarized rescue of five, but didn't necessarily do much to see what was going on with that I think it was a boat that had 700 or so migrants uh, trying to get to Greece for freedom and, and, it, and it overturned or, and over 100 bodies are still unaccounted for. I just, there's some things that are interesting. Uh, Doc, I don't want to land on that, but man, we, we got this heat bowl that's happening and uh, in Texas and, and down in the south and, and, and we have malaria. You know, I carried a sickle cell trait, so I'm going to be good with malaria. But I don't want it to have an infectious outbreak here. Malaria in Texas and Florida. There's some other crazy stuff happening in Texas and Florida. Bears are walking all over the place. They come back. Come on, Dr. Hayes. Greet the people before I get started. I already did. But uh, there is a lot going on, and... um... You can't always account for the things that uh, excite people's um, energy and their thoughts. Uh, certainly, the plight of other human beings uh, has not moved a lot of people. But we always have this spirit of adventure, and we want to travel to the unknown regions, and we want to discover things that no one else has seen. 
So it, it's just part of the human makeup. Uh, some of us have compassion more than others. And some of us have a sense of adventure more than others. And so you cannot judge one by the other. But you can query what is the ethos? What is the spirit that captures the vast majority of us? Um, and I would hope that it is the spirit of love and kindness and generosity. Uh, and I think for us to um, desire that to be, then that's who we have to be. In other words, we have to be the change that we want to see. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't knock anybody's curiosity. I think that's who we are by nature. But what I do find interesting is I'm not going to pay for my curiosity financially. I'm just going to be naturally curious. And and to go to places that are, um, I w I'm not going to pay a, a quarter of a million dollars for an adventure. And neither will I go to the outer limits of space just to say I did it. But if you got the resources to do it, then by all means do it. I just think it speaks, it, it bespeaks to our individualized uh, ethos, not necessarily about the community, um, especially when, uh, you know, I think about the, the, Ma the Maasai people being displaced so that the royals in the Middle East can uh, have a trophy of, of killing the, the lions. I just think that is, that is so not great, caretaking um I, and if and i guess if i have uh, others can say well you know what you 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 spending a whole lot of money on drinking coffee um and and so my level of extravagance uh heaven forbid at the expense of somebody else i don't have any coffee plants where i'm, I'm getting these coffee beans that are ground up so that i can enjoy a cup of coffee whenever that i want to but i think we have to have a level of consciousness and to wonder well, uh, who is making this sacrifice that I might have this uh, opportunity? Uh, I think about, you know, so many people are on the bandwagon about ethically sourced food and, and all of those things, which is great. You know, the animals make those sacrifices for us, even plants. Plants make their sacrifices. Broccoli is a living plant, but no one really thinks about that life source of this vegetation um, that, that we consume, uh, every sentient being, even plants can breathe. Um, it, it may not be out of lungs like we have, but they're, they're beings as well. And so we, we, even the very grass we walk on is a life source, uh, so to speak, but there is a circle of life. And I think that it, it makes me a little nervous to know that even today we're at the place of, um, engineered meat that will be served in restaurants within the next couple of weeks. You don't know if it's real chicken or chicken in a, in a, in a lab. And I kind of struggle with that because I, if we don't have any more meat to eat, then we all become veg, veg, vegetarians. I don't think we need to come in there and create some synthetic chicken breast. That don't make any sense. Does it make sense to you, Dr. Hayes? If we can't eat that, then we go back to eating pheasants or dove. I mean, there's plenty of dove or, or capon. That's a fancy road or, or duck, you know, or swans. There's plenty of stuff to actually eat. You don't have to sit up there 
you know, I'm wired you know, people, for possible. You know, people invent things so that so that they can monetize them. You know, that's the name of the game nowadays. That if I can create or invent something uh, that is better than than is developed naturally, then I have an edge and I have an opportunity to monetize it and to and to increase my coffers to do even more, to have even more. I don't think. You know, I think that if we as a society don't put parameters around um, our lust for things and experiences, then we'll go off the deep end uh, because one uh, adventure asks for another because we're never satisfied. Uh, It's part of our human nature that we always want more, we're always looking to discover more, we always want to know more. So unless we as a society agree that we're going to put limits and develop the standards by which we do set those limits, uh, then we'll all be wild, you know? And, you know, by the same token, I guess I, I think about, what was that, the first test tube baby? I think they named her Baby M. I think I'm old enough to remember that Baby M, the test tube baby. I don't even know if Baby M is still alive, but that was like a big medical breakthrough, and they called it a test tube baby. And I think now we call it maybe in vitro fertilization or something like that. Uh, I also remember the, what was that, the lamb, Dolly? Dolly had a, a heart that was grown. It was some kind of something that that dolly was used to that whose heart would then be transplanted to a human and or dolly was that that constructed lamb that was in a lab and and so it's like you know i'm old enough to remember all these i remember the first electric car had we pushed electric vehicles back in the 70s i remember they were real small and um it didn't it didn't hit hard, you know, and we had a president at the time, Jimmy Carter, who put in solar panels in the White House uh, where he lived. And as soon as he left, those solar panels left. I mean, he was like well in advance of climate change, but but we weren't there. But he was pushing, you know, uh, to reduce our carbon footprint. We went from regular gas to unleaded gas. But I don't understand this ethanol stuff because it burns too quickly in my big old vehicle but it it becomes almost we are we we move to idolizing issues you know what's the flavor right now well we need to get these uh evs electric vehicles or we need to uh, stop eating cows because they're emitting methane well cows pass gas like humans do oh are they gonna get rid of us too all the humans in the world passing gas that methane coming from us is just as toxic as coming from cows i mean make that make sense dr hayes so we gonna stop humans from passing gas because we don't want cows their greenhouse gases are this and so we've got to stop eating beef they probably wouldn't have gas as bad if they would eat grass instead of feeding them corn Cows can't digest corn. Humans can't digest corn. But we, you see advertisements all over the place. Corn-fed beef. What what does that sound like, Doc? They don't have the intestines to digest that stuff, but it's to plump them up. And then we get, you know, I 
I used to slop hogs. That's what it was called. Going out to the, you know, on the farm, slopping hogs. Hogs would eat anything. That's the slop. They would eat the slop from whatever. And they, they would eat that slop like it was good. A mixture of all kinds of leftovers and stuff. And they'd snort and eat that stuff. And then we'd kill that hog. And that would be some of the best meat you could think of. Bacon with real rind, thick rinds on it. I mean, I could taste it right now. You can't even find bacon with the rind on it where you can crunch it. That don't make any sense. I don't know what kind of bacon we eating. All that fat. It ain't the real protein. Maybe we need to slop hogs again. Instead of having, I'm having a visceral reaction. You can hear the activation of my voice because I go back to when I wrote When Blacks Were Green. It ain't nothing new. And when we think about climate change, we used to have ice all over the place. It was called an ice age, right? And things started melting. So that climate changed in that century for those people. And, and we began to move along. I don't think we're going to destroy the earth. We don't have that power. We didn't create the earth and we don't have the power to tear it up. We, we tear each other up as earthlings more than we could do because nature will correct it all, Dr. Hayes. Nature will because the heavens are telling us. I mean, you can't stop these mosquitoes from traveling. You can't stop the smoke from crossing borders from Canada. I wish you would put up a border wall. Smoke, you stay out. You know, these elements and all of this stuff, nature will do what nature will do. These riptides keeping people's butts off the beaches. Stay your ass out the water. The sharks don't have no place to go. Let them Habit their spaces. But humans, you think you can just do everything. You know what I'm saying? And now we got the rip currents. They're trying to keep people. Just just let us breathe for a minute. We know y'all been shut up in COVID and everybody want to come to these beaches and stuff. But can, can the salmon and the shrimp and the crabs and the lobster and all the other crustaceans and the sharks and the whales get their groove back before we start? Doing our stuff. Come on, Doc. Well, it, you know, it always goes back to respecting creation. And um, well, the different uh, animals and beings that have been put in place to create an ecological balance and to sustain life uh, in the earth. All of these things have to have that delicate balance. And when we run roughshod over everything as though we rule the world and we don't, then that's when things begin to break down. And I think we need to encourage and generate a little more respect for creation. And a lot of that has to do with education. And I'm awfully afraid that our education system is at its all-time low um, that, as you've said before, we're all about passing tests and really not increasing knowledge. Um, and then now we have the book banning episode where there's certain things that uh, certain people don't want other people to know. And so we're going to uh, monitor uh, the historical uh, report and then our contemporary people will not know what we know so then we're left to have to pass these kinds of information on to our succeeding generations 
which is what we always did when we didn't have schools. Uh, so I don't know. So much has been turned upside down. I don't know what it's going to take to turn it back up right side. It's just an ongoing struggle and a battle to keep things in balance. And I think that's what we have to strive for, a certain balance in life, in the world, in uh, creation, and in our uh, societies that we have to balance so that everybody feels that they have what they need. So I was listening to one of my favorite shows, and I know you listen to her too. And I watched this movie called The Blackening, uh, which was profound. It's, it's deep. I'm going to use it in my class. As I watched Elemental too, I'm going to use that in my class. But um, Karen Hunter talked about playing cards, you know, early on in her life with her father. And I think about uh, what it means to play cards. Um, early on, I too can have the same uh, testimony that she had, uh, you know, learning how to play gin rummy, rummy 500, uh, spades, war, all those kinds of games, monopoly, everything. And it was really to give an analytical skill, even though it was fun. You know what I mean? Fun and games, analytical skills. And, um, and it, it's, uh, it's a lot to, to think about, too, when, in fact, um, we, we're not teaching these analytical skills. So here, here was what I want to say. I learned before I learned in a family system, in, in a system that established boundaries, boundaries in the family, saying incrementally or developmental stages, these were the progression for some reason, in my mind, I could not wait to be able to wash dishes because everybody else over me was washing dishes. And I thought that was like, oh, I can't wait to wash those dishes. And then when it was my turn to wash dishes, I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to really wash these dishes. But I knew my progressive steps. And from washing dishes to mowing the yard to we had to defrost the refrigerator on Saturdays, defrosted the refrigerator. We didn't have self-defrosting refrigerator. We had to defrost it on Saturdays. And it was a daunting task. You had to heat up the boiling water, put it in the freezer, and let it all thaw out. And then you had to clean up all that water. And then after that, you had to hang out clothes hang up clothes on a clothesline and you had to order them on how to hang up stuff like your towels and sheets went on the line before your underwear and stuff because you didn't want folks to see your undergarments in public, right? So that was an even ordering of how we discipline, how we were taught to do certain things. You cleaned up the house on Saturdays. All of us did things, run back, dust, everything. I mean, this was discipline. I learned these things and it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it was for my good. Now I know people who have gone away from home and didn't know how to do a damn thing. And that's a disservice. Didn't even know how to socialize in the world because their world has been so wrapped up in being spoiled. I guess I don't even know if being spoiled is the right word. Then you get into a society that that's not going to give you an award for participation. And it's not going to coddle you if your feelings get hurt. You're going to have to learn how to negotiate and, and be okay in, in the skin that you're in. So I'm saying I, I can't allow for the honest to be character education or learning how to read and stuff 
at a school when it's not reinforced at a home. And if the parents don't have the skill set, that was reinforced in a church. And so I don't know if we could ever go back to how do we take responsibility? And here's another thing. So there is there has been a movement of homeschooling, which go which is the pendulum is swinging back to the way things used to be. We have to take time to um and it doesn't matter if you don't have kids. You know people with children. You can help. Folks need help. And and who are we? And so the delicate nature of how we walk in this world and the things that we do, we really are trained at home. That's it, Dr. Hayes. We know how to treat people. We know how not to steal cookies. We know how not to bully people because you don't have it. You can't force nobody to give you their milk money because you don't have. You learn how to have some common sense. Yeah, again, these things have to be reinforced. They have to be, of course, introduced in the home, but they have to be reinforced in the world. And I, my point is that if society does not reinforce these values, does not build upon these values and show um, developing human beings the value of treating their neighbor the way they want to be treated. If, they, if we don't support and reinforce these values, then when your children leave home, as often is the case, and they find out the world is not like home, and they have to learn other skills of how to uh, navigate uh, through these areas where people really don't care about you, where people will always try to get one up on you, where people don't mind cheating you, where people don't mind paying you less than they pay someone else who's doing the same work. And so you have to look out for all of these angles that really do not coincide with the values that you may have been taught at home. That's the challenge today, I think. I agree. And so what do we do? And and home is a metaphor, and it's also real. And I just don't know. This world is not my home. And the stretching that we need to grow when some homes are disrupted because of social constraints like racism, like classism, and even redlining, not having access to the things that are necessary. We, we developed this whole um, scarcity mentality. And maybe just maybe that's where we are, that, that the scale of justice is so skewed towards the extreme end of the spectrum that would be the the extreme wealthy that that the rest is just trying to make it dark days as best as we can well i think you know you have to always understand that you don't make it by yourself and that we have to be committed uh to the love that we've been called to share and that means that we have to care about people 
regardless of where they have come from, regardless of how rough they might be around the edges, that we cannot come in with condemnation and uh, ultimate judgment on people who have not had the experiences that, that we may have had, but that we come in ready to love whoever you are, however you present yourself. You need to know that you're going to be loved when you're around me. And that's that's an individual commitment um, to the quality of life that all of us desire. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to be able to get help when they can't make it on their own. And so every individual has the responsibility to do that and to be that regardless of what uh, the larger and greater society and world might be into and up to, if we don't maintain the standard that we know is right, then everything will go to hell, wherever that is. I think it's right here. Dr. Hayes, I don't have nothing else to add. Y'all heard what the prophet spoke. And on that note, It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.